ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله والسلام عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة. All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. الحمد لله. Allah سبحانه وتعالى. He has bestowed many blessings upon us. From those blessings, Allah عز وجل, He has legislated ibadat. legislated upon us acts of worship that if we perform them we will benefit they are in our best interest allah azza wa jal he explains to us inside of his noble book that the ibada from the fruits and from the benefits that one will gain from the worship is the attainment of the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is not the topic of this talk as bi'ithnillahi ta'ala one of our noble speakers will go into more depth and detail as relates to that particular topic however just as a reminder Allah azza wa jal he tells us in general about the ibadat ya ayyuhan nas يا ايها الناس اعبدوا ربكم الذي خلقكم والذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون O human beings worship your lord who created you O humanity O human beings worship your lord who created you and those who came before you so that you will attain taqwa right So the ibadah from the fruits and the benefits that we get from the ibadah is the attainment of taqwa. Also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he tells us kutiba alaykumus siyam 
كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون that fasting has been written upon you as it was written upon those who came before you meaning fasting is obligatory upon you it has been made obligatory upon you as it was obligatory upon those who came before you so that you could attain taqwa so that you could attain piety now this taqwa it benefits us if we are able to attain it and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who attain taqwa because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he informs us that the jannah is for those who have taqwa Allah ta'ala he says inna lil muttaqina mafaza that verily for those who have taqwa for those who have fear of Allah then for them there will be a great reward a great success a great reward and that reward and that success then verily it is the jannah so if we want to go to jannah we have to be of those who have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala those who have taqwa and taqwa is the taking of a barrier between you and between the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is done by fulfilling the oblig the obligations and by staying away from the prohibitions so on and so forth so fasting it benefits us it benefits us in many ways inshallah ta'ala we would like to make this introduction to this weekend's lectures or the lectures for this particular day so that it will serve as an encouragement for us so that we can get the most out of this ramadan and we can truly benefit from ramadan and from our fasting Firstly we should know that fasting in the lugha in the language it is al-imsak it means to withhold that fasting inside of the language it means to withhold al-imsak now the legislative meaning is al-imsak and al-mufattirat it is to withhold from those things that will break your fast to withhold from those things that if you were to do them if you were to embark upon them then it will nullify and break your fast naam ma'niya with an intention and bi'ithnillahi ta'ala the final lecture for today's series of lectures then it will be specifically upon this topic of intention and the establishment of a tawhid as relates to the fasting ala kulli hal it has to be with an intention naam 
So in other words, if a person were to stay away from those things that break your fast, be it food, be it drink, and relations with one's spouse, but they did not have the intention to fast. They did not have the intention to withhold from these things. Ta'abudan lillah. In worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Will that fast count for them? Will they get rewarded for that fast? In other words, if a person were to wake up, they didn't eat, they didn't drink, they didn't have relations with their spouse, they didn't do anything that will break and nullify the fast. And then the whole day went by and Maghrib comes. And now they remember that I haven't eaten anything or, 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 or drank anything all day. And then they break their fast. Does that count as a day of fasting for them? Do they get rewarded for fasting that day? Huh? No. Why? Because? He has, he has a mea, he has an intention of doing the fasting. So at some time, some point he has to say, Inshallah, I'll be fasting today. Right, and so at some point he has to make his mind up, he has to have the intention of what? Of fasting that day. But if he never does that, he never had the intention to fast, he just didn't eat or drink or have relations all day. But he never, because he never made the intention, that fast won't count for him. Right? And what is the proof and evidence that shows us that that fast will not count for them? Whoever answered it last week cannot answer it this week. I <laughs> I <said laughs> we got we to gotta share. We got to share. Ah, what is it? Actions are based on intentions. Actions are based on intentions. Or the reward of action will be dependent upon the intention. Right? So if a person didn't intend to stay away from these things, but they just stayed away from those things, then this is not fasting. This will not count. But so al-imsak and al-mufaqirat to withhold from those things that will nullify the fast with the intention. They have to have the intention. Without the intention, then the person just didn't eat and drink, right? But with the intention, and that intention has to be what? Ta'abudan. Has to be ta'abudan. And again, inshallah ta'ala, we'll come back to this later, bithnillah. But if it's not ta'abudan lillah, if it's not to seek the reward from Allah, to seek to draw near unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing this, will they get rewarded? No. And verily everyone will have the reward based upon what they intended. So the intention has to be ta'abudan lillah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the reality of it is, is that even though something may have the face and the shape and the form of worship, if it is not sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in reality, it is not worship. Naam. The ibadah is that which is built upon tawheed. Now, the ibadah, it is that which is built upon tawheed. And if it's not upon tawheed, then it's not called ibadah. Just like the salah without wudu is not called salah. You with me? If a person does something that looks like an act of worship, right? In all intent and purposes, would have been an act of worship. 
But if it's not for Allah, it is not an act of worship and we do not call it worship. Just like we do not call the salat the salat if a person performs it and he doesn't have wudu. Okay? So again, if a person prays dhuhr, for example, we just prayed dhuhr, right? A little while ago. They prayed dhuhr, but they didn't have wudu. And they remember after, I didn't have wudu. Do we say, does that salat count? Does dhuhr count for them? No. What do they have to do? They have to make wudu, and then they have to what? Pray all over again. Why? Because what they did without wudu is not salat. If it was salat, then it would say it counts. Fine. But it doesn't count because they didn't have wudu. Likewise, the early man, they bring an example. Like this is, is worship. If tawheed is removed from the worship, does not count. In fact, cannot even be considered as worship. Because worship is that in which one draws near unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it has to be upon ikhlas and it has to be in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi If not, you're not going to draw near unto Allah ta'ala by way of that action. Why? No tawheed, no sunnah. That makes sense? So it has to be upon tawheed, it has to be upon sunnah. But, so, the, the, the fasting... It has to be withholding from those things that will break your fast from 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 when? Oh, let's go back. It has to be withholding from those things that will break your fast with what? With intentions. Now, ma'niya with intentions. From when? From when? Hmm? Fasting? Now, nah, from when? From what time? Men? From Suhoor time or from Maghrib time? Sunrise to sunrise. From sunrise to sunset. Now, wait. Men? Tulu'il Fajr ila Ghurub al-Shams. From the time the sun rises until the time the sun goes down. During this time frame, then a person will stay away from those things that will nullify and break the fast with the intention to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by way of it. This is fasting. So again, there are benefits that one will gain from fasting. There are benefits. From these benefits and from the greatest of the benefits by way in which a person they get from fasting is that which will benefit them in all of their life. Now, you gain from it a life lesson. Not just that which benefits you while you are fasting, but you gain from it life lessons that which will benefit you throughout the course of your life. On those days that you fast, in those days you do not fast. Those things that will benefit you in this world and in the hereafter. This is from yani, the, you know, one of the greatest fruits of, uh, of fasting is that by way of it, an individual will gain this tremendous life lesson. Now, that tremendous life lesson, it is 
the attainment of patience. It will teach us to have sabr, now to have patience, which is of extreme importance. The ulama they mentioned that when you look at patience, right? When you look at patience, patience consists of three things and has three categories you can say. Asiyam Shah Ramadan, fasting the month of Ramadan, it is from Yaniman Afdal Ibadat, from the best acts of worship, right? From the best acts of worship. Because when we fast in Ramadan, because it contains in it the three categories of patience. One act of worship, it trains you and acclimates you to three, all three categories of patience. So, it is important that we know because a person will say, be patient. Now, the person is going to something, tell the person, be patient. Okay, that sounds good. My question is, how can you be patient if you don't know what patience is? If you don't know what is patience, how, how can you be patient? The person says, be patient. Okay, sounds good. But if I don't know how to be patient, or from what things in which I am to be patient, how can I be patient if I don't know what patience looks like? Right? That's like us going to the, 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 the small child, the two-year-old, the three-year-old. And we tell them, be patient. They don't really understand what patience is. All they know is they want the lollipop now. They don't understand patience. As parents, we have to what? Teach them what patience is. Okay? So... If we want to be good Muslims, if we want to go to Jannah, and we know that from the equation of success is that we have to be patient. From the equation of success, we have to be patient. Now, before getting into that, what, what am I talking about? What, what do I mean, equation of success? What can I possibly be referring to when I say that? Hmm. Allah Ta'ala in the Quran, now. For those, any, I encourage you grab grab a mushaf, right? Grab a mushaf, get it up, get the open the app on your phone, right? Like this, okay. If we go to Surah Al Asr, in Surah Al Asr, right? Allah Taala He says, "Wal Asr," <clears throat> by time. Now, by time. What comes next? By time, what? Inna al-insana, verily mankind is in loss. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Verily mankind is in a state of loss. Now, state of loss. State of loss, state of destruction, state of ruin, right? The person who falls into that khusr. This is the ultimate loser. It's a loser. Unsuccessful, degenerate loser. Right? Okay, so what's the opposite 
of loss. Success. Okay? So, Allah Ta'ala is telling us that mankind is lost. Mankind is destroyed. Mankind is ruined. How many of mankind? Some of them? All of them. All of mankind is lost. Illa. That's why the last verse is very important. Right? Illa. And some of the copies of the Musahib. You know the little, you know, the you know you have stop signs and you have signs which indicate to you that you cannot stop. From those signs in which indicate to you, you cannot stop is, a, is the lap. That, that, that lap, right? The little lap is on top. And some of the prints of the Musahif in this particular surah, you'll have a lap on every, on the first two verses. They tell you, don't stop. Read the whole surah. So you get the full meaning. Because the first two verses gives you the understanding that what? Mankind is lost. All of them. All of them is lost. Right? You get the full understanding when you bring the next verse. Because there's an istithna. There's, a, there's an exception. What's the exception? Illa What You tell me. What's the exception? No, like you tell me means you tell me. Like I'm not going to give you the answer. <laughs> you tell me what's the answer. Except for those who have faith. Like, so this exception, it contains what? Elements. So this is why I call this the ingredients, this is part of the equation of success. You want to be successful? You don't want to be a loser? Okay. Except for those who? Except for those who believe. Except for those who believe, right? Okay. In order to believe, could that be based upon ignorance? Huh? No. You got to know. Because if you don't know what to believe in it and how to believe, how can you believe? Okay, for two minutes, be shay, touch hello. How can you believe in something you don't know about it? Right? It's like if someone comes and they say, hey, you know anything about this five headed alien that live on Jupiter? Person come back and say, I don't know about that. So, what's that, what's that telling you? I don't believe in it. I don't know about that. that. That's not real. Right? Because in order to believe in something, you got to at least have, the, have knowledge about it, correct? Okay. So, how important is knowledge then? Very important. How do we get knowledge? Just osmosis, right? We take a book, we, we go to sleep, we lay on it, and then it, it seep into our head, the information. Do, can, we look, can we learn it subconsciously? If I put on a lecture and then I go to sleep, will my subconscious mind pick it up and then I can know? No. But you got people think stuff like that. <laughs> people, you got people think stuff like that. Oh, I learn subconsciously. I pick it up through the vibe in the air. What vibe in the air are you talking about? How's that? What are you talking about? Anyway, right? Like, so we can't get it through the airwaves, right? Because it's going to just jump in our head. We can't put a book on our head and it's seeping, right? We can't learn it while we're sleeping. So then how do we learn it? How, how do we do that? What did the Prophet say? In the mal'il? Knowledge is by the, the acquisition. You have to, you got to seek it. You gotta, you gotta go out, you have to seek, you have to take the means and the steps necessary to seek knowledge. So you have to learn, you have to sit with the scholars and learn from the scholars. Seek them out. If you have to travel, you gotta travel. You go learn from them, right? But you have to read, right? You have to read, you have to read books, you have to do research, you have to study, you have to put in the time. That takes time. It takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice, right? We send our children to to school 
and they learn secular knowledge, right? And the base secular knowledge here in this country is for how many years? What's the base? 12 years. That's the base. They say 12 years, the base, right? You, just, you know, secondary knowledge. And after that, you have college. A bachelor's is how many more years? Four more years. Okay. Four more years, right? You get, you get, you get a better job, better, you know, uh, 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 wage earning potential possibility, whatever. Okay. You want to go further? You can, then you get a master's. How many more years is that? Approximately on average, what, two, two years maybe? Okay, all right. How, and then you want to go beyond, you get a doctor's degree. How many like that? Okay, another couple years, right? Maybe three, four, uh, like this. However long it takes you to, to put your research together, do your thesis and so on and so forth, right? Another, another, another few years. Okay, all of that is for the aim of the what? The dunya. And you had to put in work, correct? You had to put in work. About three decades of your life. And you're talking about things that will only last until you either one, retire, or die. Right? Either until you retire or until you die. Because if, if you're dead, you could be the greatest civil engineer ever. Is that going to help you in your grave? No. Not at all. Right? So it's either going to benefit you until either you, you die or until you Retire. All right. So the knowledge that goes beyond the grave, that which will benefit you in the grave and after, is it less important or more important? It's more important. Right? And things that are worth having, you have to work hard for. So if a person is going to dedicate 30-some years of their life to do something that, that doesn't go beyond the grave, how much effort should we put into that which goes beyond the grave? A lot more effort, right? This is why knowledge is what? To the, to the grave. Mahbara in al-maqbara. The inkwell until the grave. That's how important it is. This is the knowledge that's important. So it requires what? That we seek it. But let me ask you this. The vast majority of the Muslims, do they put in the same amount of time to their religious studies as they do their secular studies? Nope. Not at all. Is it half of the time that they put into it? Nope. It's really pitiful, isn't it? And then you wonder why we are in the situation that we are in, in in this world. You wonder why we're in this situation. You wonder why the Muslims, everywhere you look, they are subjugated. Yani, to the, and, uh, and the kufar have their foot upon our necks. Right? Do we, do we deserve anything different? Based upon our actions, our efforts, and what we're putting into everything? Nah, pretty much we, we write where we belong. Pretty much. Like it, who like it, hate it, who hate it, but that's the reality. We're, we're, we're exactly where we belong to be. Right? Not where we deserve to be. No. You don't want what you deserve. I'll tell you that right now. You don't want what you deserve. No, not at all. Let me ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us and to give us that which is best for us and not what we deserve because we, we will be destroyed. If all of mankind will be given what they deserve, everybody will be wiped out. Adequately had. For homework, you can find that verse. For homework. Okay? Alright. But. So let's go on. Except for those who? Huh? 
have faith. Those who believe, they have true iman. Okay. What else? salihat. What's the English? They do righteous good deeds. So you have to you have to have 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 knowledge, and then you have to have actions. You have to do righteous good deeds. Okay, that's the second part of the equation of success. Okay, what else? Hmm? Now, and you have to what? You have to invite others to the truth. You have to give dawah. You have to invite others to the truth. Right? Call people to do good. Okay? That's part of the equation of what? Success. You want to be successful? We have. I mean, we can't just know and then act upon it and then we're stingy. No, no. We have to give back. We have to inform others. We have to. You have to teach other people. That's part of the equation of success. And then the fourth aspect to it is what? Sabur. It had to be had to be patient, right? Uh, and we and also we have to what? Be patient. We have to teach others to be patient. We have to have to have to enjoin patience. That we ourselves are patient and we teach others to be patient. Now patient upon seeking knowledge, patient upon acting upon knowledge, patience upon calling to knowledge, and then patience upon whatever harms may come to us during the course of everything that was aforementioned. Ma'am, we have to be patient. Okay, this patience is what is from the equation of success. So those who are successful are those who are patient. But fasting teaches us how to be patient. Fasting teaches us how to be patient. So that's awesome because we need to be patient. So now we got two fruits. Is that fasting is a way in which that we could attain taqwa. And Jannah is for who? Huh? It's for the muttaqoon. Jannah is for those who have taqwa. That's who Jannah is for. You want to go to Jannah? You got to have taqwa. You don't have taqwa. Jannah is not for you. Inna lil muttaqina mafaza. Verily, it belongs to those who have taqwa, the great success. It's theirs. Those who have taqwa. Now, the fact that it's theirs is not a question. It's theirs. What's the question? Are we from them? That's the question. Are we from the muttaqun? That's the question. We ask Allah Ta'ala to make us from those who fear Him. Allahumma ja'ala min al-muttaqeen. Ameen. Alright. So that's one thing we get out of fasting. What's another? Is that it teaches us what? Patience. And patience is part of the equation of success. So now how important is fasting? That's important. So that, that, that's an encouragement now. It encourages us to what? To want to fast. When we know how we benefit from it. Right? When we know how we benefit from it. Okay. If, and, I, and I give you an example because, I mean, it, although it's well known, that once you know how something benefits you, then you, you can better appreciate it and encourage you to use it. Black seed, for example. If you brought to someone black seed, you say, black seed, good, you should take it. Right? They may taste it. They don't like the taste of it, right? And they may say, well, what, what's the first thing they're going to ask you? What is this and, and why? In other words, when, when, when someone says why, what are they really asking you? What are the benefits? What am I going to get out of this? Right? When they say well, why, what they're asking you in reality is, why should I take this? What am I going to benefit from this? How is this going to help me? Right? So then when you tell him about the benefits of black seed in the process of selling me, he said that black seed is what? Cure for everything except death. Now you now once you hear that, khalas, well I get my hands on something. I need that. 
So now this is encouraging him now to what? To take black seed. Right? So when you know about something, then this will encourage you to do it. This is why the ulama, they highlight the uh, benefits of acts of worship because this is an encouragement for us. This is an encouragement for us. All right. So now let's go back to, let's go back to patience. Patience has three different categories. So we want to look at fasting and I want you to, to, to tell me some examples from fasting how each of these are illustrated and demonstrated through fasting. Okay? It's going to be interactive. I'm not just going to say and talk to you. It's going to be interactive, right? <clears throat> the first category well, let's first. Does anyone know the categories? Okay. That's cool. There's no problem with that. Now, as Sheikh Saul he says, not knowing something is not blameworthy. Because there's a point that everything that we know, we didn't know. Right? There was a point in our lives that everything that we know right now, we didn't know before. Okay? All right. The okay. Now, inshallah ta'ala, the the volume I'm being told on the sister side is a little low. Um which typically the volume is the volume. So if the sisters are not are noisy then don't be noisy inshallah ta'ala that'll help you here if they're not being noisy that would be awesome and may Allah ta'ala reward all of you for that inshallah ta'ala try to talk a little louder and bring the mic a little closer but yeah so not knowing something is not blameworthy because there was a time frame that everything we know now we didn't know before okay however Remaining ignorant on that which you know you need to know, that's blameworthy. Okay? Remaining ignorant on that which you know you need to know, that's, that's uh, blameworthy. So the first category, and I want you to get this down, either in your write it down, old-fashioned, or in your memo section of your, your cell phone, tablet, um, whichever way that you could jot the information down is good so that we can, we can learn it and we can know it. Um, the first category of patience is sabr ala ta'atillah is to be patient to be patient in and upon the obedience of Allah to be patient upon obedience now to be patient upon obedience does anyone know how is this illustrated with fasting that you're patient upon doing what Allah can manage you to do. How is that seen in the in the day of fasting? So uh, while you fast, you feel the pains of hunger, and instead of looking to uh, food, you look to remember Allah. That why that why you're fasting, the brothers say you feel the pains of hunger, and instead of looking to the food. You look to Allah, meaning that what? You remain, you, you stay fasting. 
right? Because there are going to be times during the day of fasting where if given the option, if you had it, if you could, if you could, and it's perfectly fine and okay, you'll stop, right? Correct? We're just having an honest conversation, right? Because some of the, you know, some of the youth, you know, one of the youth told me one time, they say, you older guys, you know, sometimes you talk to us, you sound like a bunch of religious robots, right? Everything is binary, black and white. Right? And they don't relate to that because they say that, is, that doesn't feel authentic. You mean to tell me, really, you never, you know, if you could, would break your fast? You just, you know what I mean? Um, and as we know, yeah, if you, if you could, why not? If it's okay, right? However, we're fasting now, so we can't. And we're doing this, what, out of devotion? Out of devotion. You understand? And that's important. For the, for the youth to remember that the person that stays away from sin is not because 100% of the time they don't want to do it, right? I mean, of course, there's certain sins that, you know, alhamdulillah, you would never even think about doing in a million years, right? There's certain sins that are just so, you know, beyond who you are as an individual, you're like, man, that's not even an option. No way, ew, for what? No, ew, no way, right? But then there are other things that's sinful, that if you were given an allowance, you'll do it. Right? There are other things that are sinful things that if given an allowance, you'll do it. Correct? So they're, again, they're going to, so what's being righteous is what? Staying away from the haram, even though the evil of your soul it's, it's, it's tempting to your evil of your soul. Your evil of your soul is telling you, yeah, go do it. You know, you see that beautiful woman, she walked by, the evil of your soul say, man, keep looking, look again, look four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Right? But the one who fears Allah, you're going to keep your head down. Does that mean you don't want to look? No, you want to look, if you could look. But you don't want to look because you don't want to disobey Allah Ta'ala. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? If given an option, if it will say it's okay for you to look. In other words, a brother, you see, she come and, you know, mashallah, and, and, and you turn away, and then somebody say, hey, you want to you marry her? Her father's there. You want to marry my daughter? Huh? That changed everything. Yeah, you can marry. We have a sit down right now. Now what? If you can afford it, you can do it. What's going to happen? <laughs> you know what's going to happen. You're going to be looking. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right or wrong? I mean, come on. If he say it's my daughter, hey, you want to see? What is going to happen? You're going to say, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, mashallah, I see her face, I see her hands. Right? So, it's not that you were opposed to the idea, it's just you were trying to fear Allah to Allah, so you didn't look. So, this is important to know. So, there are going to be times where it's going to be hard. But you remain upon what is correct for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is a patience that is displayed in remaining to be upon righteousness. Right? That's like waking up early to pray Fajr. That's like, especially in the summer months, staying up a little later so you can pray Isha. How many of individuals in the summer months, when Isha comes in later, after Maghrib, they fight themselves to stay awake? If they can go to sleep for the night, they'll go to sleep and they'll sleep all night. But they fight themselves to stay awake. Why? 
because they have to pray Aisha. So they're making themselves patient and, and, and steadfast so that they could worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's a, there's a patience that is needed to fulfill acts of worship. There's a patience that is needed to fulfill acts of worship. Naam? So when it comes to Hajj, yani, you know, so on and so forth, another example, you can see in it that there's patience needed to fulfill and complete that act of worship. That makes sense? So fasting, no doubt, you have to be patient to complete the days of your fasting, especially in the summer months where it's hot and the days are a lot longer, right? You have to be patient to maintain your fast. The second type of patience is sabr and ma'asiyah. To be patient in staying away from sin, right? To be patient in staying away from sin. So when it comes to the aforementioned example, the young lady, right, that went by, in order not to look at her again, you have to be what? Patient in what? Staying away from committing the sin. So you have to have a patience in not doing a sin. To be patient, to stay away from it. How can this be seen in fasting? That you're patient and not committing a sin. How can this be seen? Anyway, you could, could be feeling uh, thirsty and you want the drink, but you don't, you don't do it. You now, I sent. You could be very thirsty and you want a drink, but you don't do it. Why? Because during Ramadan, drinking will break your fast. So drinking what is not an option. This is something that becomes prohibitive for you to do while you are fasting. Right? Okay. What's another example? No. You can be cooking or something like that. You can be attempted to like try to taste the food or something like that. Well, you can taste it as long as you spit it out. What I mean, like right. You could be cooking and you and at the time for the chef, he wants to eat. He wants to, he wants to take you know some 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 portions of it. So you don't want to look it so you but you can't because he's fasting, so he has to stay away from that. He has to stay away from the sin. Okay. Now. How does this benefit us outside of Ramadan? Because in Ramadan, we are patient away from those things that any other time during the year are permissible. Right? Because food and drink is permissible. Have a relation with your spouse, that's permissible. Okay. So outside of Ramadan, you can eat and drink and have relations with your spouse. Correct? So if you accustom yourselves and you become acclimated to staying away from what is halal every other time of the year then no doubt you can stay away from what is haram all year right or wrong you can stay away from what is haram all year why because you have become used to staying away from stuff that ordinarily you do right so in Ramadan likewise when it comes to sin and transgression do we do it or we stay away we stay away. But it makes it easier for us. Why? Because what? We get used to staying away. Right? So it, it helps us to establish this level of what? Of patience. And then the last level of patience is sabra ala aqdarillah and mu'lima. 
is that with patient and forbearance or with patient yani, and have fortitude over those painful things in which are decreed for us you know painful things that are decreed for us what are some examples of painful things that are decreed for us it would be like the loss of a loved one for example the loss of profit a person yani, goes into business and the business goes goes bad right he plants some some crops and they, yeah, they, you know there's no, there's no yield right so on and so forth right these are from types of loss um, getting sick that a person gets sick and they're patient upon this patient upon being sick right okay now as it relates to fasting what are some examples that some 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 painful things that may occur to you and be decreed upon you that you have to be patient with like what we heard some of them. Some of these examples overlap. But like what? Like the hunger pains. person feels hunger pains. Right? You have to, it teaches you what? To be patient in that uncomfortable situation. What else? Um, someone wanting to argue with you. Are you fasting? Um, dealing with... Uh... Nah, some, somebody wanting to argue with you while you're fasting. Because the Prophet taught us to say what? I'm fasting. I'm fasting. I'm fasting. I'm fasting. I'm fasting. Right? But you still have to be patient upon what? Those things that may hurt you. Because maybe that person hurt your feelings. Maybe hurt your feelings. Maybe says something to you that really cut deep. And you want to retaliate. You want to, you want to say something. But you don't. But you don't. Right? Likewise, being thirsty, you know. Um... You may get a headache. You may get a headache. But you're patient upon it. That helps you, not just in Ramadan, but then it helps you what? All throughout your life. Because life is not filled with comfortable situations. Life is not filled with comfortable situations. But life, in life, there are going to be situations where you're uncomfortable. Where it's hard, it's difficult, but you still have to keep moving forward. That's the only direction we have to move in. It's forward to our grave. Right? So this is a life lesson that we need. So for the parent who really loves their child, they're going to what? Teach their child how to fast. They're not going to say, no, leave them. Let them, you know, eat and drink because, you know, that's being nice to them. That's not being nice to them. That's hurting them. Now, I'm not talking about a baby or a one-year-old. I'm not talking about this. A two-year-old, three-year-old. No, no, no. Those are babies, they eat. I mean, that child that has you know, uh, reached that age of discernment where they can handle it, right? So maybe they're six, seven, eight, right? Teach them how to fast. That teenager, don't say, ah, oh, I'll take, a, you know, I'll take you know, some, some, some pity on them. They, you know, whatever the case is. No, what do you mean? They got to fast. Because these are life lessons they need to know. That how do you maneuver and still keep moving forward when things are uncomfortable and difficult. Right? Teach them to have that fortitude, to have that strength, to not be of this excuse generation where everything's an excuse. Or I could, it became a little difficult, so I couldn't do it. Oh, this, this, that, so I didn't go. Right? Because we have that generation now. They're lazy, they're weak. And excuses, they're looking for excuses. If it isn't excuses, no, 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 no. 
No, no, no. Not, not every excuse can stop you in your tracks. You still have to be able to move forward in uncomfortable situations. Now, fasting will teach them this, how to move forward. Even when things get a little difficult, even things get a little rough, even things get a little tough, how to keep moving forward. And what is the motivating factor that helps you keep moving forward? Is that what? It's for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's for Allah azza So yes, these things happen, right? The house burnt down. Now let me ask Allah ta'ala to give us all safety. But the house burned down. That's 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 really unfortunate. Um, but that doesn't stop Asr. That doesn't stop Maghrib. Doesn't stop Isha. We still gotta pray. Still gotta pray, right? Um, Ramadan has come. The house burned down. We still have to fast. This has nothing to do with that. It's uncomfortable, yes, but we still have to do what is correct. Right? That's a very important life lesson. Very important life lesson. You still have to do what is correct. Your boss comes to you and tells you, if you don't do this haram thing, you're fired. Okay, I'm fired. I, gotta, I still got, no matter what, I still got to do what's right. I'm not going to do what's wrong. Right? These are very important life lessons that we learn while what? While fasting. While fasting. So the two highlighting benefits that we get that was mentioned that we get while fasting are what? This is for you. You tell me. Patience. Patience and what? Hmm? The first one that was mentioned, which was what? Huh? Mm -hmm. The one was about patience, and the other one was, the first one was? It's in the verse. Taqwa. Now, taqwa. Patience and piety, for lack of a better term of translation, as we know, uh, uh, taqwa is more inclusive, but for now we'll say patience and piety. So, what are the two? Patience and what? And taqwa. Another way you can say it is what? Sabr wa taqwa. Another way is what? Patience and piety. Another way is what? Ah, they just start mixing Arabic and English together. There you go. <laughs> but in Muhammad, those are the two fruits that we wanted to really look at, inshallah ta'ala. Fa'naktafi bihad al-qadr. Wa'ala wa